Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, the Utah Jazz get it done. They win 116-101. They beat the Miami Heat. A 69-point second half. They just completely took over at halftime. All kinds of fits and starts in the first half, up and down, going sideways. It was rough. But the thing is, they were never behind by more than about four points with Miami, it seemed like. It was always close. Miami couldn't pull away. And the Jazz were really kind of two steps forward, one step back. They got in a groove in the second half, and they took control of the game, and they win win convincingly. Pick up a game on Denver because the Nuggets lost to the Lakers at home in overtime. Uh, Jokic and LeBron both with triple doubles. The Lakers win 120 to 116. So uh, that that I didn't see that game. I was busy doing jazz and then doing jazz posts. I didn't see it, but that that must have been a heck of a game. So the Jazz pick up a game on the Nuggets, and they go into the break now with a four-game winning streak. Uh, the Jazz have rebounded from that that five-game losing streak, and they're still fourth in the West, but they are back within shouting distance of both third and really even second place. With the Clippers uh, now in third place, one game in front of the Jazz, and the Nuggets a game and a half in front of the Jazz. It's two games back to Houston in the fifth spot. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we got the best of the post-game show coming up. And also, we got a conversation I think you're going to want to listen to, Chris Burgess. Uh, Burgess played, of course, for the Utes after transferring from Duke, now coaching at BYU. And PK and I will have him next, and we'll do Jazz post-game after that. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Time to talk BYU basketball with assistant coach Chris Burgess. Chris, good morning. Good morning. How you guys doing? Good. I, see, I hear it in your voice. How are you guys doing? Can you get through one of these without PK torturing you in some fun way? If that's not an oxymoron, I've never heard one. But <laughs> No, I'm excited. Let's do this. Okay. Hey, uh, I was on his thing where they did that uh, on the coaches' yeah, show, yeah. man. Did, were you stunned? You when killed you, it. You saw my ugly face there? <laughs> I thought you did. No, it was really. First of all, those those deep blues that you know BYU TVD are really cool. They really uh, are. You know, I've seen. Yeah, I've seen a couple of players, and um, it's just they're fun. They're fun, and I, I thought I thought the one that was, you know, the one that I was on was really well done. And PK, I thought you did a great job kind of explaining the whole thing. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was yeah, really well done. I was, and that's the first time I watched it, and I was very impressed. They called me up, came out to my house, set up for yeah. like forty five minutes. And yeah, yeah. I, I was very impressed with the professionalism. And then when I watched it, I thought, "Wow, this stuff is really cool." Yeah, I, I feel the same way. That they do a good job. That you do a good job. That Randy was really cool, and so it just was it was well put together. So I got a lot of questions about the BYU basketball program, but I think the first yeah. one, and I think it's one that a lot of people have. Uh, and you transferred as a player, so you know what it's like to be in one program, go to another place, and everybody's got a different yeah. way of doing things, and the lingo's different, and there's all these people with personal relationships in place, and you got to try to fit in. 
And yet it seems yeah. like now if we fast forward to this team, you know, Tulson, Jake Tulson was really important for you at UVU. And he fit in, yep. and he led, and now he comes in. He's got one year to do that at BYU, and it seems like he's doing it seamlessly. How does how, yeah. how I think he's really important. How important do you see him, <laughs> and how has he done it so seamlessly in this first year? Um, first of all, he was WAC Player of the Year at Utah Valley for us, and he's been doing this for a couple of years now, and so he fits in with with the way Coach. Pope is in terms of how he coaches, his mindset, um, the saltiness in the gym, both that he brings in terms of leadership and a chip on his shoulder. And, and from day one, um, even if he didn't play a game for us here at BYU, he was going to help this team strictly with his voice in the locker room because um, he's a leader. Um, he's got some swagger to him, that, and some confidence that he brings that um, it rubs off on the players and, 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 and it carries into the game. Um, obviously, he's a shot maker. I think when his Peter said, I think he's one of the best shooters in college basketball, and his numbers prove that. Um, when he's coming off screens or he's off the bounce, catch and shoot, like it's amazing how well he can shoot the ball. But he works really, really, really hard. He's a gym rat. You know, it runs in his family, that Toulson and the Angels and things like that. He's just he's a gym rat. Um, and the guys, you know, you know, he knew some of these guys before he got here because he played with, I think, Dalton Nixon, and and, and and I think he knew TJ for it. But at the same time, you know, Utah Valley is three and a half miles away, and he plays pickup or probably works out with the same, um, you know, runs in the same crew kind of during the summertime or the off season. So he known the guy. So the transition was really it was pretty seamless just because he knew Pope, he knew the guys. He, you know, his dream school has always been BYU, and he wanted to show everybody that what he's been doing at Utah Valley the last few years. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly done that. He's obviously been a great addition, and it certainly has helped that he was with you guys over there, and so it was somewhat of a seamless transition. I wanted to talk yeah. about Mark Pope because he has bringing, he's bringing a lot of energy. Now, he's got seven seniors, so there's some talent yeah. there, but you've been with Mark as he built – Utah Valley, and then he's taken BYU up to another level. And if I were to ask you, which I'm going to, how would you describe yeah. or why would you say Mark Pope is a good coach? What were some of the reasons you would give us? Um, there's a lot of them, but the first thing I say is, thing is he cares about his players. Um, he wants them to be successful. Um, he cares about. I mean, he's constantly thinking about each player, how we can grow their game, how they're going to fit into our offense, how they're going to fit into our defense, how we're going to make them successful. We're not going to fail them. So it's not like he's just thinking about the top guys, right? Let's just say Yoli, Jake, or TJ. He's thinking about one through seventeen, and he's and he's a coach that gives you confidence. I always explain to guys, whether they're recruits or whether they're current players, like his mindset when he's coaching these kids in terms of instilling confidence is <clears throat> like. If you don't shoot that shot that's open, you're coming out. As opposed to coaches, you know, we've been around in the past that, like, if you miss that shot, you're coming out, right? <laughs> so these guys shoot the ball knowing that it, it's the right shot. It's within the offense. It's a good shot. It's an open shot. I, I, I'm going to shoot with confidence, and I can go 0 for 10, but as long as I, uh, you know, I own it, I shoot it, and it's the right shot, it, 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 I'm allowed to do that. So these guys don't feel paralyzed out there. Um, he brings an energy Every single day in practice, one thing he always talks about as we meet as a staff is like, let's, you know, let's bring some joy to this gym today. Um, and, and sometimes it, it, it's easy when you're winning and things are going well. But, you know, let's just say in February you're coming off a loss. It's, it's, it's a huge, it's a long grind. And he's still talking about bringing joy to this gym. So the guys, so our job is, as a staff is, is to bring some joy and some energy and some juice to this gym. 
so that these guys can fill it and they can feed off us as a staff. And so, um, and then he, and he cares about this program. He understands what like BYU program means to the, to the state, to the fans, to the alumni. And so he cares about it. He, you know, he's in the office constantly working, reaching out to alumni, reaching out to uh, the boosters, trying to make them feel like this is like you guys are part of this, right? So I think he's just kind of the full package um, when it comes to a head coach running a program. So, when, and, and like you said, it helps. We got seven players. We got some really good talent: Yoli, Jay, TJ, Tall, Zach. Like we understand that too. So when you guys were at UVU. Uh, UVU's mm-hmm. place in the basketball pecking order. You had to bring in, you weren't going to get a lot of superstar freshmen, so you had to bring in yeah. a lot of transfers and meld them with the freshmen you did get. Now, BYU doesn't have a history of getting a lot of transfers, but college basketball is changing, and you certainly brought in transfers year one. Obviously, Toulson, uh, Barcelo coming yeah. in. Do you think that's going to be a trend going forward? Are we going to see a transfer or two every year, or maybe more than that? Um, I think it is. I do. I think, like you, you talked about it, it's, it's a trend um, college basketball. I think there's anywhere from seven to 900 college basketball transfers a year. The portal um, is a big deal in terms of, you know, there's, there's no blocking or kids can go wherever they want. Um, if they transfer, there's, uh, there's opportunities to kind of get a waiver like Alex Barcelo to play right away. Like, listen, we're going to chase the best freshmen that we th- think are going to fit our program that are going to help us win. You know, we got a team like Gonzaga that's getting one and done now, right? And we understand that um, for us to win, we got to get the best players. And so if that's a freshman, if that's a junior college kid, if that's a transfer like Barcelo or Jake, like we're going to chase those guys, you know, and and, we, and, and that's what we're going to do. I think that it worked for us at UVU. We still chase some high school kids. We just never landed the ones um, that we felt could come in right away and help us, right? There, you know, we just – we didn't, so we always – you know, hadn't signed anybody early, and when April came around, the best ones that were available were either D1 transfers or or JUCO kids, and that's that's kind of the, the model and the formula that we that we went with. And I think, you know, we feel pretty good about the kids we signed, the two kids we signed in November of 2019. That that'll one will be here this year, one's going to mission, and we're also going to be on on the NCAA portal, and we're going to be chasing we're chasing some seniors right now. We're going to we're looking at some JUCO kids. We're just trying to get the best kids because Gonzaga is really good. They're really stinking good, and, and that's and that's what we feel we've got to compete with to to win a WCC, whether regular season or tourney championship. So, so I don't I don't see. It. I, I think the only thing I can say is we're going to chase the best players that that can fit in here, that want to be here, that are going to help us win. Helping you win is obviously what you did there with Baxter coming back, and he could have sat out, got yeah. the whole year back, but now he's back. And I'm guessing that he's not coming back just to play a few spot minutes or garbage time. Yeah. What do you foresee yeah. for him going forward? Um, he's going to help us. He adds depth. He adds a different dimension. Um, I think it's pretty well known that, you know, in terms of, like, we're a big analytical numbers team where we really struggle with um, rim protection and offensive rebounding. I think he's going to bring that element. It's going to take some pressure off Yoli, um, who's getting two guys to box him out. Um, on, on, on the offensive glass, so he's going to bring that. He's just got to, like, I don't want to say he's like a return missionary type protocol, but he's just got to get himself, you know, back in shape and flow with the offense and flow with the defense, um, you know, his body moving, cutting, and things like that. Like, I've been able to kind of do individual workouts with him uh, over the last couple months, uh, but no contact. He got cleared about a couple, about a week and a half ago to do some contact, so he's just still in this, you know, early stages of getting his confidence back himself like the other night you know there was a shot that was taken 
you know, the old Gavin or the Gavin before his injury would have, you know, sent that to the third row, right? And he was just a step late or a half second, half second late, six inches low from blocking it. And then, you know, there's a couple shots in the offense where he, he didn't even look at the rim, right? So he's just got to get more comfortable. And it's going to take that first basket, that first block or that first man's rebound where he's going to start believing. And then when he does, right, he's going to work himself back into this lineup because, again, he adds depth. He allows us to, uh, to, you know, especially come WCC tournament where we're either going to play two or three games in three days. Um, and so he's going to add another dimension, and we're excited about him. He's all in. He wants to play. So the retro year is done, and, and we expect him to be a part of this um, this run we're trying to make. I think without question, this is best BYU defensive team we've seen in several years, probably at least five, maybe longer than that. Yeah. Uh, maybe you haven't been as good the last couple of weeks as you were in December and most of January, but still, on the whole, this is pretty good. How have you gotten so many guys to buy in and elevated the defensive level of this team? Yeah, um, well, the day, first day we got here, I remember when I got the job here, Cody Feger and I were sitting with Coach and and we were looking at last year's team and some of the numbers behind guarding spot-ups, guarding the three-point line, and, and certain things were like, we got work to do. Like they were, you know, bottom half or bottom 15% and guarding the spot-ups or guarding ball screens or guarding the roll man. And so we kind of looked at all the numbers in the film. And there. So that was the first thing we talked about. And that was the first thing Coach said, we got to get these guys. So we were very fortunate to have that European trip. And we started working with them every single day. And we just kind of started holding them accountable. And, um, and but we worked on footwork every single day with our strength coach and everything he was doing in the weight room or on the agility was, was translated to, to the court. And I think that really helped. And then, it, and then it took, you know, like we got energy guys like Zach Sellis and Dalton and they're taking charges and they're doing things that, that, that make you want to guard. And, you know, the, like you said, the last few games, there's, you know, we, we there's some, even some 80 point games. And if you look at like, uh, you know, the Ken Palm analytics, like we're like this off offense, the conference, you know, Gonzaga's ranked number one in adjusted offense. We're ranked fifth. St. Mary's ranked twelfth. Um, San Francisco's ranked in the top hundred. And then Pepperdine's right there. So we played some really offensive-minded teams. But we also know, like, if we want to go where we want what we want to do, we know we can score. We know we can shoot with anybody. We know we can score eighty points, eighty-five points. But there's just going to be a game, and it's probably going to be on the road or in the West Coast Conference tournament. We're we're going to have to rely on our defense, and we're going to have to get some stops. So we're we're keenly aware and focused in on our defense these last couple of weeks. And even though you know we gave up 76 points, um, San Francisco, we felt like we really guarded in the first half. We just got to put we just got to put two halves together because Gonzaga's coming in a couple of weeks, and that's an offensive juggernaut. And we know to beat them, we're gonna have to guard. So, but the guys are buying in; they're being held accountable. We got good depth. with guys don't want to guard, or guys don't want to box out, or guys don't want to keep their men in front. We're just going to take them out. We're going to put dudes in there that, that want to do that because we got so many guys who can score. That's not our issue. Um, our issue is staying locked in on the defensive end, whether we're up 20 or we're up 2 or down 10. Has Mark Pope ever had a bad day? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, 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 there's good days. There's bad days. But when, yeah, <laughs> that's a great question. It always seems that. like he's just brimming with optimism and confidence and <laughs> the sun is shining even when he's it's snowing. <laughs> he's got a lot of energy, man. He, he's got a lot of energy. He, he loves what he does. And he feels really, really fortunate to be around these kids um, and get to do what he, you know, what he does for a living. So, um, it, you know, it's infectious. And, he tries, and, he, and I think he does that to try to, like I said, bring joy and juice to this gym. He's got to start with us as a staff and him as head coach. 
So does he, when things get really down, does he just rage in the office with the staff and then he just locks in a little box and when he pops out to the media or to the players, it's all sunshine again? Um, a little bit of everything, man. He's a genius. He's a, he's a mad scientist. He's a genius out there. So, you know, he knows he knows there's the time to, to dig in, to get after it and to focus. And then he knows when it's time to, to meet with the guys or the energy he needs to bring to the guys or the message he needs to bring to the guys. It's very, very calculated in what he does. Um, that's why he's really good, and that's why these kids, uh, these, these men on our team, um, love playing for him and love being coached by him because uh, whether the message, like you talk about, is like energy or sunshine or whatever, yeah, there's there's days where that, that message is not is not all like that. Right? He knows how to get these guys to focus, get these guys to understand what it takes to be a champion. And when you're looking at your head coach and he's won a national championship at the high, you know, play at the highest, highest level, um, there's some credibility that these players know. Um, man, this guy knows what he's talking about. He's been there. He's won. He knows how hard it is to be a championship team. And coach is trying to get these guys not to just think about making the NCAA tournament. Like that's not like coach's goal. Coach's goal is to win games in the NCAA tournament, right? And, and yeah. to be a team in the NCAA tournament. So he's trying to get our guys, our players, to wrap their minds around. Like, stop worrying about selection Sunday. Like we're tr- like we're, we're trying to, you know, we're trying to be in the second, the third week of, of, of the tournament. And so once these guys, and it's scary to say that, right? But once yeah. these guys start to believe what he believes, then you're doing your job as a coach, right? So the way I look at it. He's either stupid enough or smart enough to believe that this team can have success in the NCAA tournament. I'm not sure which one, but I know it's either or, and the bottom line is he believes it. He believes it. He believes it. He's talked a lot in the last five years I've worked on him. Tell us what what we can't do. Tell us what we can't do and let us go do it. I think he brought up in his press conference and you know, from day, you know, I remember he got the UBU job. They were like, man, you cannot play BYU. You can't go in there and win. Don't do that. You know what? Went and then did it. And we beat him, right? And so he's all about tell us what we can't do. And so um, don't tell him that. Don't tell him we can't win games in the tournament because that's just going to fuel and fire him up even more. Well, we like it when the local teams win games and tournaments, so I'm just going to start telling. Heck yeah. Yeah, it, Pope, you me, got no clue, man. You're right. an idiot. Hey, Rudy Gobert, you can't block a shot. Mark Pope, yeah, you can't yeah, win an NCAA game. Right. Give me a list. Yeah, what else you got? I'll fire anybody five up. Five stars. We get some five stars. That's what we need, some five-star recruits. Well, if – Correct me if I'm wrong. You talk about uh, Mark Pope winning at the highest level. I think there's somebody yeah. over there like you who won pretty high level too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I was very fortunate to play some great teams, um, won multiple championships in terms of conference. You know, whether it's Mount West, two ACCs. I think I had two Mount West, two ACCs, and went to a few NCAA tournaments and won some games. Went to a national championship game, lost like three. Uh, but I've also played. You know, I'm, I'm working alongside Coach Pope and also Nick Robinson. You know, was, we played at the highest level at Stanford. That was number one seed uh, back in the early 2000s too. So we we got some we got some guys on this this, this staff that you know have been there and understand the sacrifices and how hard it is. Man, the thing is, the thing the thing is really hard about coaching is get these guys to understand how hard it is. Even with players like Elton Brand or Shane Batty next to you, it's still so stinking hard. I remember the eight nine game we played was still we played Oklahoma State with Gottlieb and. Um, oh man, I can't remember the athlete who played for uh, the Raptors. Anyway, and I remember that game just being so hard. So, winning is really hard. It's really hard, and it's our job to get these guys to to understand that and to believe and and, and to just put their lives aside 
just for a second, just put their lives aside, and, and especially you seven seniors, because in about four, five, six weeks, it's over. It's over. When you talk about putting lives aside, you want guys to embrace these big moments in their life, but it's just really different, and especially at BYU, maybe at a few other local yeah. schools as well. But so many married yeah. guys, sometimes parents, obviously the T.J. Haas is out, the story is out yeah. there. You know, he and his wife became parents. And it's really hard to put that stuff aside. That, that's major stuff in it life. Is. Yeah, obviously, yeah, and academically too. I mean, BYU is a you know high standard in terms of the amount of work it is there. But yeah, we we still we we, we like I'm telling you that's that's the message we tell these guys. Like, hey, still be good husbands. You can still be good fathers. Still be good sons. Um, but just there's no rationalizing it. You just need to focus. Like you know, you you need to be here early. You need to get the treatment on your body. You need to get home. You need to get rest. Stay off your feet. You don't need to be doing anything else. Like, get your studies done, do your tutors, all this stuff, get to class. Like, it's six weeks, eight weeks, and it's over. And and, and, and some of you are going to have a chance to play after this. But some of you, like, the, you know, there's – you never know if you're going to have another meaningful basketball game, you know. And I'm not counting board ball. It's not meaningful. But, you know, and so it, it's hard because every single one of these seniors for their whole lives, a season ends and a new season begins. And there's going to be a point where, like, that doesn't happen, and it's going to be really weird, and you're not going to understand it. So that's what we're saying. Hey, just these next six weeks, be good at do all this stuff. But, like, this team, this, this, this team and these games and the scouts and the personnel and all these things we're, we're, we're giving you guys need to be, you know, number one, you know, number one. And, and if you do that, like, there, there's this, 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 this magic that, that happens. Um, and, and these memories, like even on my like my Duke teams and my Utah teams, you, you, I mean, you guys talk. I mean, Britt and John, like we're the closest of friends, and we talk about the championships we won. You know, twenty years later, you know, we, we feel like these old guys reminiscing. But it, it's true. You don't, you don't, you forget about all the crazy stuff that happened throughout the season. You, you remember the the championships and the net cutting. You remember these things, and so you don't remember like the aches and pains and the injuries, or you know, obviously we talk about Majerus's crazy things he would say, but. Um, you remember the championship, so that's what we're trying to get our guys to do. Just edit out your lives a little bit. Just edit them out. You can still be good people, but if you lock in, like there's something magical that can happen. If Britton was that good of friends with you, he wouldn't show up in red blur from <laughs> head to toe outside oh, man. the Marriott Center. Yeah, I was proud of Spencer, though. Spencer Nelson came in here and was very neutral. Uh, but Britton walked out in like some... Fleece? It was a fleece. I can't even. It was just. Oh, he, that was hilarious. I made it take it off though. I was like, "Dude, you, you take that off." <laughs> he's, he's great. He like. Did you expect anything less though? Like, if people, I should post that picture on Twitter, but um, you wouldn't expect anything less. Chris, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. There is Chris Burgess, BYU assistant basketball coach, a former Ute player. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, the best of the Jazz postgame show. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. 
The Utah Jazz get the win over the Miami Heat. They split the season series, 116-101. Jazz were down five at the half, really dominated the second half. And they pull away and win by 15. Here's the best of the postgame show. Jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Jake Scott with you. The Jazz beat the Heat last night, their fourth consecutive win, 116-101, going into the All-Star break on a winning note. The Jazz were led by Donovan Mitchell, who had 26 points, five rebounds, four assists, did it on 9 of 16 shooting. Boyan Bogdanovich with 22 points on 9 of 17 shooting. He also had seven boards and four assists. Jordan Clarkson, great coming off the bench once again. Man, has he been a terrific addition for this Jazz team. 21 points on 8 of 12 shooting. He was 4 of 6 from 3 at 4 boards and 3 assists. And Rudy Gobert with another fine uh, fine night going head-to-head with Bam Adebayo came out on top. 16 points, 20 rebounds, 2 block shots for Rudy. Let's get you some post-game sound. Let's start with the walk-off interview with Jordan Clarkson. Jordan, tonight you guys wanted to make sure that you ended this thing on the right note. Donovan said practice and shoot around, really focused. You feel like you guys were able to apply all that out here tonight. Yeah, I mean it wasn't, no, we just came in here and competed. Uh, we started off a little slow in the first half. We just had to pick up the intensity defensively, get into guys, get aggressive, and uh, you know, force them into tough shots and uh, tough plays. You hit the ground running with this team when you arrived. How much do you credit your teammates and what is it about them that has helped you fit in so well here? I mean, it's all about them, to be honest with you. You know, them talking to me, uh, them giving me confidence. You know, it's just been a, uh, it's a, uh, not an easy process, but a smooth process for me because of them. You know, and that's including coach too. You know, coach is talking to me uh, continuously. You know, everybody, Joe, Donovan, Rudy, George, Ed Davis, everybody. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a good feeling. Uh, they welcome me with open arms. You hit the all-star break on a winning streak. You've had big stretches of winning. When you guys are playing the right way, how much does this group feel like there is something special here and something great that can happen the rest of the way? Uh, good thing about us, man, we're taking it day by day. You know, we're trying to grow every, every day. Uh, coaches giving us goals, putting stuff on the board every day, staying on us. Uh, we in meetings, we in films. You know, we're just trying to take it day by day and try to do something and, uh, you know, win, keep continue to win games. Jordan, enjoy some time off. Yeah. Guys, that's Jordan Clarkson. Back to you, David. That was Jordan Clarkson, and boy, has he made a difference since coming aboard with the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz offensive rating at 119 since making that trade on December 23rd. Uh, for Jordan Clarkson. All right, let's go to the podium now, and here's Jazz head coach uh, Quinn Snyder. Quinn, the the bench provided a couple of huge lifts there late in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter, especially Jordan Clarkson. What have you seen from him that's really stood out about kind of his ability to read the defense and and know when and where to attack? Well, I think... um, Jordan, that, that whole group, you know, I think Emmanuel has been a catalyst in many ways, pushing the ball and getting in the paint. Um, you know, George spacing. Um, Tony made a couple big finishes, you know, on the class. And obviously, as you mentioned, Jordan. So, um, you know, whether it's Joe or Royce in there with that group um, during that stretch, I think those guys have played to each other's strengths. And, you know, Jordan's ability to create a shot but they're they're creating they're creating shots for each other 
you guys really picked it up offensively late in the game and, and kind of ran away with it there. What did you like about maybe the ball movement and the offensive execution and at the end well, of the fourth? What I really liked, Andy, to be honest with you, was the, de- the defense. And I thought what, two things. One, when we defend, we can get out, um, and that gets you some rhythm. Um, and then, as you mentioned, we, we were getting – I don't think there were great shots in the first half. There were, a lot of them were, were a few good ones. Um, but they were looks, and we weren't making them. And then I thought in the second half sometimes we, we, we've, we've been a team sometimes that can come and go with our shooting and thought our, our toughness mentally to defend in the second half even after we weren't making shots. And then, as you said, you start to kind of to break through a little bit. And um, they, the, the, the zone can make you stagnant. And... Um, there's going to be, whether they're switching or blitzing or playing zone, um, you know, guys having a feel for when to move it and more than anything to drive it and try to create advantages that way. But it, it helps when you move it in order to be able to drive it. So, Quinn, I'm going to make you talk about offense. Um, That's fine. Hold on. Uh, offense kind has of. been okay. Yeah. Um, you guys made me talk about offense in October, too. Yeah. Donovan in the third quarter was more aggressive. He mm-hmm. was very clearly more aggressive on the offensive end. Can you tell when he switches? Because he seemed like he was maybe a little bit passive in that first half. I, I think aggressive sometimes, I think aggressive for Donovan means attacking the rim. And when he does that, um, usually other things begin to open up. Um, in fact, there, there was one time he came and drove and I thought he had kind of a walk up, walk up three, but We've been telling him to drive, um, and he's there's a sometimes driving doesn't mean just put your head down and you know and go there. Um, it means being a little bit patient and knowing when the opportunity's there. And I think um, he I talked to him this morning and just told him that you know there was a lot of things that he did well in the, in the Dallas game, um, particularly the way he started the game. He just you know he didn't quite the, st- the stat line didn't show. I think how he played, um, and if usually if you keep trying to play the right way and um, and do that, and th- things break through, and it, it did for him tonight. Can you go big picture here and kind of assess the club and the season two thirds of the way through now at the All Star break? Um, you know, I, I think it, this is going to be really uneventful for you guys and, and pretty consistently vanilla, but um, I think. We've tried to keep getting better in, in, you know, all phases of the game, particularly, say, you know, offensively and defensively. Um, and there's always going to be ups and downs, but I, I think these guys have been willing to be honest with themselves about where we need to be better. And, you know, particularly the last couple of weeks, um, you know, I thought we, we really improved during during the stretch of January, um, December, January, and then you're going you're gonna to hit some bumps. And there was a lot of factors that, you know, we didn't play as well as, as we wanted to, and we didn't play as well as we had been. Um, we were playing some teams that made it hard on us. Um, but I, I thought and think that, you know, we should feel good about the fact that um, when we, we hit bumps in the road and, you know, we run into walls that we can figure out how to sometime tonight, I think we, we just started playing really hard. and. You know, we've done that, and we've also learned to be a little smarter. So I think if we can keep building on those things, 
Um, we've got a chance to improve in the second half of the year, or you know, whatever the third after All Star break. It always seems like half the year, um, you know, and that that's that's what we need to do. Keep getting better, and you know, guys keep finding each other and, and keep defending as a group. We need each other defensively, so that requires us to be disciplined. I think we've I think we've begun to develop an identity that that can help us win. Quinn, you had five turnovers in the first few minutes of the game, mm-hmm. nine at halftime. Miami's getting out on the break, turning those into points. Yeah. Uh, seemed to really turn that around in the second half. What changed in terms of I told having the better not ball to turn control? it over? The turnovers are bad. <laughs> and they were they looked at me shocked, and then I said it again, and they fixed it. The uh, Sometimes it, one of the things that we've really improved that is is our passing and the accuracy of our passing, and that usually means, you know, I've said this before. It's not, you know, you could hit a great putt and it could have the perfect line and be going in the hole, but if someone kicks it, you know, it, it, and this is someone's going to try to kick it every time. So it, it's not as simple as you know, you've got to you've got to work to deliver the ball. Um, you know, you've got to space correct. It's it's. The way we want to play requires a lot of precision, and particularly with our passing. And you know, when when we have, even in the first half, I thought when we didn't turn it over, we gave each other passes that weren't quite easy enough to shoot. And you know, that that slows slows the ball down. And we're a team that those actions, if we can, you know, get an advantage and, and keep playing, that we can usually you know get something better. But there's a risk in that, you know. Every time, if you shoot it, you're probably not going to turn it over. Um, so we've got to find, you know, we've got to be aggressive, and you know, I think that it's important to our guys. Put it that way. So when there are some mistakes like that, um, maybe they're passing, you know, could be it could be anything. Um, but I, I think our guys have done a better job at trying to recognize where the turnovers are coming, um, you know, and, and correcting it. And that's. That's the primary thing. I want us to stay aggressive. That was Quinn Snyder after his team beat the Heat uh, last night, 116-101, to 101, going into that all-star break. Let's now get you into the locker room and hear from Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> I can't share that. Um, let's just say it was see if we all competed we all did what we were supposed to do. And, um, you know, I think wins like this, you know, really show who we are as a team. It's not what he said at all. <laughs> Three-point shooting was one thing through the first three quarters. And then you guys, I think it was seven of 11 in mm-hmm. that fourth. You guys just always have that sense that you do the same things and eventually it breaks through. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, the ball's not always going to fall or go in. But, you know, tonight, like, you know, and we've had plenty of nights like this where we continue to shoot and just shoot through it. They're open shots, good looks. Um, George had a bunch, Boyan, uh, Joe, JC, myself, Royce, you know, just shooting them and having confidence in it. Was it as simple in the second half as just having seen their zone and seeing yeah. what they wanted to do for 24 minutes? Yeah, just seeing it again. You know, it's been a while since we saw it. Understanding that, you know, the first time we did it in, in Miami, we kind of got a little stagnant. So continue to move the ball, um, be aggressive, attack the rim, and then I opened up a lot of lanes. And it helps when you make threes as well. That kind of gets them out of the zone as well. Did that also contribute to cutting down turnovers after halftime? You guys only had three in this Yeah, um, I think we had, what, five in the first quarter, something like that. So mm-hmm. just continuing to move the ball. And like I said, being aggressive. Excuse me. And then once you get into the paint, just taking your time and finding things. You know, there are times where I got in there too and you kind of want to make the right pass, but, you know, you kind of rush into it, kind of just go in there and take your time and making the right play. 
Donovan, from your eyes, how much has Jordan Clarkson kind of settled in since being in Utah from, from your perspective? And, you know, obviously we all knew he was a scorer, you know, but I think the biggest thing is the fact that, you know, he's playing team basketball. You know, I'd say he wasn't before, but, you know, I didn't really know much about him outside of he was he could score. So he's he's going out there guarding it. He's, he was pretty much mad the whole game, not because he wasn't hitting shots, but because Duncan Robinson kept getting free, you know, and I think that just shows the type of player he is, the type of person he is. You know, that's where he was really getting upset. You know, we were up, too, and he was still getting mad because he kept um, – he felt like he could have done more and he could do more, and he was doing it, you know. And then on top of that, going out there and getting buckets on the offensive end, and he's finding guys who are open, taking his time, and, you know, he, uh, we all love playing with him. No, your catch and shoot percentage has gone up a lot this year. What I mean, besides just the reps, kind of went into that. Do you change your phone at all? No, just shoot, just shoot the ball. Yeah, you stop pump faking, man. There we go. You know what I'm saying? Nah, but I'm um, just honestly just shooting it. You know, a lot of times I'm worried about pump faking, getting to the basket, trying to make plays, but just shooting it. You know, shoot when you're open. Don't try and force them. That's not there, and just having their confidence behind it. You know, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, there's nothing really much more I'm, I'm doing. Just continuing to shoot the, the open shots I get. Me specifically or the team? Oh. <clears throat> um, I think, you know, there's a point in the game where you can either, can kind of go, either go one or two ways. You know, we kind of made a push. We're down three, you know. Um, just want to attack, you know, put the pressure on and keep it going because you can kind of get teams on their heels and you can kind of relax and let them kind of gain their momentum back. So just being able to keep them keep them guessing, keep them on their heels, pushing in transition. And then on top of that, we were getting stopped, so it made it easier. And I made it a focus just to keep getting to the rim and putting pressure on the rim. You mentioned earlier today that this team just can't afford to get to that last week of the season and have too many uncertainties. Yeah. Do you sense this team has had a different sense of urgency and importance yeah. to these games? For sure. It helps when you have guys that, you know, hadn't didn't really go through it, you know, like Boyan, Jordan, Mike. Like, um, like I think that helps because you go out there and they, they understand. You know, they come from playoff experience. Mike has a bunch. Boyan has a bunch. JC as well. So they understand that these games are, are big. You know, we don't want to sit back, you know, in, in April and be like, man, I wish we could have had the, the two Miami games back or the Denver, the, the two Denver losses. You know, we want to be able to say we control our own destiny, control where we go, and not really sit there and when we're playing the Clippers the last game of the season and scoreboard watching to see who we play. Uh, I think that's, that's just a feeling we don't want to have. We want to go out there and be able to control our own our own uh, destiny. Donovan, some of those deep threes and then those mm-hmm. crafty layups that you seem to knock down, mm-hmm. you always kind of smile afterward. <laughs> uh, what, what is your reaction that way? Of, and are you just like surprising yourself? No, a lot of, uh, tonight especially, a lot of those guys are my friends that I've known since I was growing up. So like, mm-hmm. you know, when I make it on them or like on, and on Jay, it's kind of just like, you know, well, he'll talk to me and I'll talk to him. But just having fun with the game. You know, I think I lost that the past few games just from fatigue and whatnot. So just going back and just having fun, you know, smiling. I haven't really done that much the past, I would say, week or so. So mm-hmm. going out there, I just continue to have fun. And sometimes, yeah, I do surprise myself. Um, like the one where I was supposed to throw the lob, but then the big drop back to Rudy, so I kind of got stuck in the air. Like sometimes it's going to happen. You just got to have fun with it. Thank you, guys. Guys, that is the all-star, Donovan Mitchell. Let's go back to you. That was Donovan Mitchell. He is Chicago-bound. 26 points last night against the Heat, five boards and four assists. Also headed for Chicago in the all-star game, Rudy Gobert. Here's what he had to say. Offensively, it was night and day between the two halves. Was it just a matter of seeing their zone and kind of getting used to what they were doing and how to attack it? I think it was just tougher mentally in the second half. Uh, you know, they're a very physical team, and I feel like in the first half we were complaining a lot. You know about whether it was foul or no foul. I think they were really 
uh, being more physical than us. And second half, we were just mentally tougher and we just attacked them. Definitely, and you know, like like we keep telling him, when he attacks the rim, it's it's pretty hard to stop. You know, they have to do it as a team, and you know, he, he was able to draw a lot of fouls and put us in the bonus pretty early. And after that, we ju we just kept doing the same thing over and over. I think that was one of the our best games, not taking bad shots and just you know keep putting pressure on the rim. Second chance points tonight was 18 to three. What uh, led to that advantage? Got a fancy rebound and he scored. Yeah, <laughs> it's a dumb question. I agree. I mean, I, I don't know how to explain it. That's what it's kind of like what I did. And we did a good job giving up only three. If we can say something like, all the guys did a great job putting bodies on people and you know and make sure they don't get second chance, second chance points. What happened between you and them with the taunting? You know, taunting I just part of the game. I mean, we. He dunked on me, I dunked on him, and, you know, we having fun. <laughs> How come you got the technical? <laughs> That's another question. I don't know. I don't have the answers to that. We, we've been talking about it a lot leading up to it, but now you know, you're finally headed to Chicago. How much are you looking forward to everything that the weekend is going to entail? I'm just excited to go out there with, uh, you know, with Don, and my family is going to be there, some of my friends. So we're just going to be... You know, a fun moment, and you know, be great to represent the team and my country. You know, so it's, it's going to go out there, have a good time, and you know, and then enjoy a few days of, of rest before getting ready for the second half of the season. You said it's something that, from the time you ever dreamed of even being an NBA player, to be an All Star is so special. At what point in your career did you have the sense or belief that this is the level you could reach? Probably the few years before I got drafted. Uh, I remember talking with my teammates and. Back in France, and we talk about it now. I was like, I was telling him, like, you, I was kind of like appearing on the draft board, and you know, people knew that I was going to get drafted, but I was telling him that I wanted to be an all star. And he was like, Are you going to get drafted? But let's not get carried away. You won't be all star. <laughs> but uh, we still talk about it, so it's, uh, you know, you got to believe in yourself and put the work in, and you know, sooner or later, things, things happen. What does he say now? Does he say, Oh, he said, you're right. He said, you're right. But at the time, when I was watching you play, I, was not, I, mean, uh, I didn't think you were going to be all-star, you know, and I was young and, you know, with time and with work, anything can happen. When the all-star teams hadn't been picked yet, Donovan said that he didn't care which team it was on as long as he could play with you. Do you feel that same way? Um, and are you happy that you two kind of get to ball out together? I think, yeah, I think it's going to be fun, you know, to be on the same team. And, you know, I don't want to do him what I did to him last summer. So, <laughs> you know, now he's protected and he's on my team. So we're good. <laughs> you, you guys have obviously improved this season from the beginning to now. In what ways do you think you've made the greatest improvements? I just think we, I mean, our chemistry got better. You know, I think we, we understand that we need to play with one another. And... That when we do that, you know, we're very, very hard to guard, and also it helps our defense. And, uh, you know, that's pretty much it the chemistry, you know, having guys that, a lot of new guys this year that came in, and, you know, we had to adjust, and they had to adjust, and, you know, it takes time, it takes some up, some down, but, you know, we, 
it's kind of good for us that we you know, we have some rough moments because we in those moments we're able to to get together and to figure it out. Obviously, with personnel changes, this team's gotten a little bit better offensively, maybe a little bit worse defensively than what it's been the last couple of seasons. Where do you feel like you can go in both of those areas over the course of the rest of the season? I think we can be we definitely can be better defensively, but it's true that it requires a little more from everyone. You know, especially after losing Faith, that was a you know a big part of what we do defensively. But I think we we've done it. We've done it. We had a few times when we didn't, but for the most part, the guys have been you know hitting like we're smaller, so we gotta hit people on the boards, and you know we gotta take care of the ball, so we don't you know put them in a position to to score. And uh, we've done it tonight. We did a great job, and you know we need uh, everyone to keep our mindset on the defensive end. You know that's a big part of what we do. How nice to head into the break. It's big. You know, it's big. Yeah, you, we didn't want to go there after a loss. You know, it's always tastes a little sour if you do that. So you know, we we talked to each other before the game. We were like, you know, let's let's play hard tonight and be able to enjoy the break and. So coach can get some sleep too. <laughs> <laughs> right, Guys, that's Rudy Gobert. Let's go back to you. That was Jazz Center Rudy Gobert. The Jazz now go into the All-Star break. Of course, Donovan and Rudy will be participating on Sunday night in Chicago. The next game for the Jazz is not till a week from Friday. They'll take on the San Antonio Spurs here at Vivint Smart Home Arena, and that game will tip off at 7 o'clock. There's the best of the postgame show. Coming up next, what is trending? Stay with us.